You're listening to the Kindling Rhythms podcast by Restore Houston Church. In John chapter 21, Jesus built a kindling fire for his friend Peter, who was at a low place in his life. His shame and failures were defining everything for him. But Jesus will not let shame and failure have the last word in Peter's life. And in an act of love, Jesus built a kindling fire to serve as a meeting place between himself and Peter. A broken Peter meets with Jesus around this fire, and Jesus gently restores Peter, showing him love, giving him grace, and empowering him to live the life that Jesus had called him to. In this beautiful moment, the whole direction of Peter's life changes. Kindling Rhythm strives to follow in the tradition of that same kindling fire that Jesus built for Peter. By creating a meeting space where your shame and failure give way to the love of Jesus. Where grace restores even the most broken parts of your life and you can find rest knowing that he deeply cares for you. May you also, just like Peter, find him in this space. So this week uh, we are in Galatians 5. So we're nearing the end of, of uh, Paul's letter. We're ending the near. We're nearing the end of his letter to the Galatians, and um, oh, and also in case you're wondering, yes, I shaved my beard. Um, it was kind of an accident. Well, I mean, I shaved it intentionally after I tried to trim it, and I, if you don't do it exactly right, you just mess the whole thing up, and you got to start over. So, anyway, lesson learned. Um, but anyway, back to Galatians. So Galatians, uh, we're, we're, as we move towards the end of this letter, hopefully you guys have been able to see some themes emerging. Um, Paul is constantly contrasting freedom that comes from knowing Jesus, from following Jesus, from believing Jesus, uh, with anything else we look to, to set ourselves right, to set the world right, to make ourselves right. Um, ultimately leads to bondage. And so Paul is going to hold both of these paths um, kind of out for the Galatians, and he's trying to challenge them. Um, how do I think, like, like, how do I process? How do I internalize? How do I receive spiritual messages? And so why I think that's really, really important for us um, is that Hopefully you guys can begin to see that he's setting up kind of a, a lens or a filter by which you can, you can understand um, who Jesus is um, and how he wants us to, to think and to live and to um, just operate as Christians. And this filter um, or this paradigm is love. So Paul tells us in the middle of our text that we're in, in Galatians 5, 6, I believe it is, it might be 5, 7, um, faith is actively working through love. That's the definition of what faith is. And so Paul will literally use the words, what you're buying into is not from God. It's not from God. It doesn't lead to love. It leads to your spiritual bondage. And so what Paul is driving at, what he's getting at, and we're going to be in it for the next two weeks, actually, is the fruit of the Spirit. So the fruit of the Spirit, um, you've probably heard of it before. Um, most of us have heard about it, but maybe not thought too deeply about it. Um, maybe we haven't thought too deeply about it, but the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, all, right, all of those um, fruit that Paul will list out, what he is saying is when you are looking at 
theology, when you're thinking about faith, when you're deciding how to live as a Christian, when you're listening to a preacher, when you're attending a church, when you're looking at doctrine, um, does it lead to the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, and so on? Why that's so significant um, is, so for a lot of us, many of us, I think we feel like we don't know enough about God and we don't know enough about theology um, and we feel inadequate because of that. I know there are some of us around Restore that feel like I can't lead or I don't know if I can speak up because I don't know enough about God. I don't know enough about theology. Um, honestly, God is love. The fruit of his spirit is love. And so any text you're looking at in the Bible, any issue that you're trying to understand or navigate, whether it's issues related to our sexuality, whether it's issues related to politics, whether it's issues related to family values, to marital values, any issue is looked at through the lens of love. And so you can ask yourself, does this particular political stance, uh, does this particular view on sexuality, does this, do, what is the fruit of those views? Now we'll, we'll go into more of that next week and the week after, um, but I just want to briefly set us up um, to really start thinking about things theologically, if you will, through the lens of love. And when you look at it through the lens of love, whether you're thinking about what is, what is uh, our view on hell? What is our view on God's judgment? What is our view on heaven? What is our view on salvation, right? What is our view on anything? We look at it by what kind of fruit uh, does that view, does that belief produce? And so as we move into Galatians tonight, Paul is going to again suggest, look, if you're looking towards circumcision, which is this religious practice, it's this custom that some Christians had been telling other Christians, you need to start practicing this, you need to start doing this in order um, to be set right. In order for God to set you right, you have to believe in Jesus and you also have to become circumcised. And so Paul will tell us if we're looking to anything else, whether it's circumcision, whether it's festivals, whether it's other, um, right, it could be anything else in our life, our career, our success, our comfort, our whatever. If you're looking to that, if you've looked to that to set you right, to make you feel okay, right, and maybe you're still looking to Jesus. By the way, the Galatians didn't stop believing in Jesus. They didn't turn away from Jesus, right? That's not what's happening here. What's happening here is they're adding some things. They're adding in some things, uh, and Paul says it's leading to your bondage. And then he'll go on to say, it doesn't matter if it's circumcision or not circumcision. That's not what matters. What matters is looking to Jesus to set us right and to set all things right. And so Paul will finish. Um, he'll, so he'll, he'll talk about having um, confidence and the hope that God will set all things right through Jesus. And so the questions we're asking ourselves tonight is, what is that confidence? Paul's saying, you're going to have confidence to look, to hope into this, to hope in this restoration, in this resurrection, in this rectification, in this setting of all things right. You're going to have confidence in that. What is that confidence? What does that mean to be confident in our hope um, through Jesus? 
we're going to look at, are we adding a couple of extra things to following Jesus that um, maybe we've just kind of culturally we grew up around them and they were really important central issues to the discussions around us. And so we've just kind of assimilated those things, taken those things in, and we assume that those things are extremely important. But we have to ask ourselves, have we, um, are we saying, yes, Jesus can set you right, but also you have to do this or stop doing this? Right? It's, it's very easy to do, and Americans, evangelicals, um, right, which I am of, we've, we've done a, a pretty poor job of this, actually, I think. Um, so wrestle with that tonight. And then lastly, wrestle with grace. Paul says grace is scandalous. Grace gives those um, who don't deserve a pass a pass. And here's the thing Paul will tell you. Here's the thing I want us to think about. Um, grace is controversial, right? If you, and that's what Paul says, I'm being, if, why am I being persecuted if I'm not preaching grace? If I'm not preaching the gospel of Jesus, why am I in getting in, why, right, why do so many people dislike me? Why are so many people after me? Um, it's because grace is scandalous. Because grace means, and I love this quote by this nonprofit leader, um, grace means that God loves the person you hate. God loves the politician you hate. God loves the person who's hurt you most deeply. And if that doesn't bother your soul a little bit, I think you're just lying to yourself. It bothers mine, right? Like I think of people who've hurt me deeply, especially if they're another Christian, right? And I really, really want to think of them as outside of God's favor, outside of God's love. Like I'm, if I'm being honest with myself, can I think about it and say God is in love, God is in love, God loves, God is um, pursuing, God is caring for the person I hate the most. It's a hard pill to swallow. And Paul says it's scandalous, but that's why. So um, wrestle with these couple of things this evening. Um, as always, please reach out to me if you've got questions. I'd love to continue to wrestle with this with you. Um, I'm right there with you guys as I wrestle with this and what it means for my own soul.